millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When the red, red robin comes bump, bump, bumping along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he stops robbing his home. up as defeat at Accrington makes it seven without victory. Tuesday's game with Gillingham at the Valley has become a whole lot bigger. Welcome to Charlton Live. So, hello everybody and welcome to Charlton Live on your Sunday afternoon. My name is Louis Mendez. I hope you're all well on this week's show. We'll be looking back at yet another loss. 2-1 defeat up at Accrington Stanley yesterday. Leaves us hovering just seven points above the relegation zone. It's certainly getting a bit tighter than perhaps we predicted. And it'd be even worse if we lose to Gillingham, uh, who come to the Valley on Tuesday. They sit inside the relegation zone, those seven points behind us. So a massive game coming up on Tuesday. But to uh, look ahead to that one, and of course, look back at yesterday's loss up at Accrington. Uh, with me is uh, Mr. Terry Smith. How you doing, Terry? Uh, yeah, I'm good, Louis. Thanks. Um, I definitely drew the short straw, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you, you were mad enough to actually want to go to the game, as, as was I. So therefore, we have to, we, we're the ones who have to talk about it, unfortunately. But, you know, we char- have to suffer because building. of it. Yeah, OK. Yeah. That's the word. I've got plenty of it, though, now. I'd, 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 yeah. I'd, uh, I think I'm oversubscribed on the character front. Yeah. Character coming out of your ears. Well, that's why everyone loves you, Till. <laughs> right, so um, uh, in uh, in a few moments' time, we're going to hear uh, the highlights. We will, of course, hear from the gaffer, Johnny Jackson, uh, as well. Uh, we've got your tweets and emails, and we've got some fans bar reaction. I managed to grab a couple of supporters uh, on the platform at Accrington train station after the game yesterday to give me their views. Uh, we'll also, as I said, look ahead to the uh, to the Gillingham game as well, which uh, takes on a whole new meaning really after they won up at Doncaster yesterday, uh, and we were beaten, and and the the gap is tightening. Uh, and as it stands, Terry, I, I don't know where the next three points are coming from, and that's why I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm still not overly worried, but just a little bit more worried than I was yesterday, certainly. I think um, being worried and being a Charlton fan tend to go hand in hand. So um, I don't think anybody would be, uh, be too surprised if you're worried because um, you, you certainly won't be alone. <sighs> Where do you start? I mean, it's, um, it's so much to, to rake over uh, and everybody's got their own opinions of it and quite rightly so. It's, it, 
it's it's this Jekyll and Hyde stuff, you know. It, you, you, they put in a, a shift against Sunderland at the Valley, and you think, um, right, they, they've had this meeting, they cleared the air, and we're good to go now. You know, they've had their blip, and it was a tough six fixture run that that caused it. So now we're back to you know back to where we should be. Let's ca- let's kick on, and <laughs> we go up to Accrington and don't. It's just mad. This mm. it's just you don't. I, I mean, it, we're we're supporters, and we don't know what's happening. Um, from one game to the next, and, and it appears Johnny Jackson doesn't know what he's going to get out of players in the same way. He just doesn't know what's coming. Mm, yeah, and it must be so frustrating for him, and uh, we'll hear his post-match interview uh, later on in the show. But first of all, let's have a listen back to what actually happened uh, at the Wham Stadium yesterday on Charlton TV uh, alongside uh, Peter Shirtliff, uh, were Greg Stubbley. And, and Terry himself. Him rather. Now with Claire. Claire sees uh, Lee on the left side of the penalty area. Comes in, takes a shot. Tipped away by Savin. And it's the first corner of the afternoon. Charlton coming close to opening the score. It's uh, all sent forward now and it's turned Charlton. And it's an early shot coming in from Adedoyne. The first one in anger for the home side. Dealt with well by McGinnivray. Into the danger area. It's a tall one. It's a header comes in and it's uh, just wide of the right-hand post. Fans around us thought that might have sneaked in the right-hand side. It was Sykes with the Pointed header. It nicely into the channel. Perrington throws it into Lee. That's the sort of areas you want Lee getting the ball, isn't it, you know? It's in fact, that's uh, poor clearance from Accrington. And, oh, Lee's called for the handball and the referee might have given this, you know. Is it good? Yeah, Lee was, uh, looks that way because Elliot Lee tried to bring it under control. See the man, I think it might have been Coyle who was beside him. And the ball bounced up, and me, I didn't see it. There was a player in front of me. I couldn't see it, but immediately Lee called for the handball. The referee seemed to take an age to give it. He did. So yeah. he steps up for Charlton. Strikes it and scores! 17 and a half minutes gone. Charlton have the lead here. A Stockley penalty. It's going to be hotly disputed, you'd imagine, by the home side, but Charlton have the lead. And a potential shot as McConville swings it in. It's a high ball in the penalty area. It falls to Nottingham, flicks it back in, and it's headed by up by Lavelle. It's up in the air again, and the shot comes in. Well, when it hit the bar, it's still not cleared. To head it back in, and it's, it's eventually in. It's the ultimate goal mouth scramble. Charlton couldn't clear their lines. It's a header back in by Rogers, and then eventually. It was Longello who managed to convert. Chum really struggling to clear the ball. And in the end, Longello with the header couldn't keep it off the line. I think it was Lavelle there. And Accrington have their equaliser in the most scrappiest of ways. Gets the ball first, but deflects nicely into the path of Pell. Pell looks to switch the ball across towards Bishop who heads behind him to Lee. It's a neat header. Lee cuts inside on his right foot with the shot and it's 2-1. It's a lovely finish by Lee. Joel again question marks over how much time Lee was able to cut inside and fire beyond the Gilvery. It's a nice counter-attack from Accrington and they retake the lead. It's amazing. Charlton were crossing the ball into the Accrington box. And the next thing, they've got players running free to, 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 to get on the ball. Hamilton's there. And there is a half-time whistle. It's a frantic first 45 minutes. Now Charlton will look to counter through Lico. Chance to take on Nottingham. Lico drifting out wide. Cuts back inside. Nice feet. Lico with the shot. And it's deflected away by Rogers. And Charlton will have the corner. Pell with the cross, it's a decent cross, headed down by Sykes, off the line by Gunter, headed back in towards Sykes again, who can't convert from yards out. And that's two glorious opportunities for Accrington in a matter of seconds. Ball up in the air, Claire will jump. Oh, Leads him with his arm and Charlton aren't happy at all with Lee for that. I thought that was a serious elbow there, I really did. Contacts on like Claire Gunter is, who's absolutely furious. The decision for the referee to make as he pulls Lee away. And there will be a red card for Tommy Lee. I agree. He led with his elbow, and he actually moved his elbow towards the boy's face. It was a really bad challenge. Atkinson down to 10 men. to Lico. Lovely bit of footwork from Lico. He's in. Just can't see the ball across. And uh, another handball claim here by Charlton. Wow. They're screaming at the uh, officials. Have to see that again because, uh, well, 
view was blocked. It's a corner, I think, at the very least. And that's what's been Very ball chip forward. Looking for the run of Washington. Lovely control by Washington! Oh, and he finishes! Offside. Oh, and he's offside. Oh. What's he given? He's given handball. He's given handball? I think he's given handball. The assistant. And Washington's been booked. Maybe for his arguing, and I think that's a handball. Defending everything that Sir Charles has thrown forward, and that is the final whistle. It's ended here. A 2-1 defeat for the Addicts. There we go. Tell the the, the highlights. Uh if you can call it that. I mean, the frustration. I mean, we did actually have a couple of chances in the game, which, which probably sets it aside from a few of the performances we've had over the last few weeks. But I mean, actually, it was poor. It, it was bad. You know, we scored through a, a very soft penalty, um, had, had half a chance for Elliot Lee before that. But then again, as soon as we concede a goal, and we'll come on to the manner of those goals shortly, we, we, we don't really look like playing our way back into games. And, and that, that's probably been the case for the majority of this, this seven-game winless run that we've been on now. And, and that was certainly the case yesterday. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, and I think it's more than just conceding a goal, actually. I think um, we uh, we started brightly enough yesterday. We The opening five minutes or so, I think. And as you say, Elitely had that shot the keeper tip around the post. And, uh, and if that had gone in... Um, would it have made a difference? I'm not so sure because as soon as Accrington got into their rhythm, as it were, into their style of play, and they started launching the ball up into the air towards uh, towards our penalty box, uh, panic set in. Basically, and that's the only thing I can I can use the word to describe it. it. You know, as soon as the ball started going up in the air, and uh, and Jason Pierce and uh, um, uh, Lavelle were being turned uh, and being outmuscled at times, panic set in, and Charlton just didn't seem to know how to deal with it. And they must have, because that's the way Akron to play, they must have gone through the procedures about what was coming. And when it came, we just didn't know what to do about it. And, and that, that goes across the side. It, yes, there were, there were players that obviously put a shift in and, and, and tried their hardest, but generally we just appeared not to be able to um, deal with what Accrington were throwing at us. And, and I'll go all the way back to Craig McGillivray and McGillivray in that, because, you know, that first equaliser that they got, or the, the equaliser they got, rather, uh, it was just, um, it was just mad. I mean, how, I don't know how long it was in the box, but um, it seemed to be an age, and there were, there seemed to be several occasions where we could have just wiped it clear, as they did on on a few occasions, uh, and didn't. It's almost mm. like we were scared of what was going to come. That the, the ball was too hot. I don't know what was going on. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it was just bonkers. And 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 that, you know, it, it, the tone was set prior to the equaliser. I think it came after uh, um, what it was about. Uh, Half an hour, wasn't it? The equaliser, I think. Yeah. And um, but the tone was set a good quarter of an hour before that, and and we didn't know didn't know how to deal with it, and 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 that panned out for the rest of the game. Mm. Uh, we had plenty of possession, I think. I, I think um, we probably edged the possession, but and then when when they went down to ten men, you expected Charlton then to at least, and you expected Accrington to sit behind the ball. You get that. Um, but why didn't at least look? It's um, it works for them. Why didn't we just revert to to doing what they did to us? All right, they had Sykes at the back, who was about twenty foot tall. But you know, we never even attempted to turn them around. We just played in front of them all the whole the, the whole rest of the game. It was just maddening, is the word I choose. Yeah, I mean, I dive straight in then to this first goal, which ironically is what the keeper's not doing at the moment uh, in in terms of coming out. And it's not only his fault, okay, but it is something I've picked up probably all season, if we're being fair. You know, Macker, he's an okay shot stopper. He does make some good saves. Although, again, even the second one yesterday, I mean, look back at it, I'm not certain. But, I mean, that that situation where the ball's bouncing around the six-yard box, you need your goalkeeper to come and clear it. So, like last week against Sunderland, am I right in thinking he got man of the match for a couple of saves? Or was it recently? I can't remember yeah. which one. No, I think, no, it was Sunderland. It was between yeah. him and Jason Pierce. I think yeah. he edged it, I think. And so, but how many times in that first twenty minutes did they put a corner or a free kick onto the edge of our six-yard box? And it was uh, was it Ross Stewart, their big striker, was able to have an unchallenged header because there's no protection for the defence inside. There's no commanding of that six-yard area, and it's been something that's happened over and over again. Now, if you, I don't know if you've had a chance, Tell, to look at the the YouTube video highlights of yesterday's game. But when that goal is going in, the camera is sitting pretty much above where we were in in the Atkinson fans and just behind the Charlton dugout. And so you can't tell exactly who it comes from, although I have my suspicions. But when the ball's bouncing around inside the six-yard box, you can hear a yell that comes from the Charlton technical area saying, where's the effing goalkeeper? Because he's not, com- <laughs> he's not commanding that part of the goal, that, that part of yeah. the goal mouth. And it puts pressure on the defence who haven't been able to deal with pressure recently. 
And look, it's not an easy it's not an easy gig being in goal up at Accrington, uh, and especially yesterday. The wind was swirling round, and so it would have been a difficult thing. But that's that's what he should do. And and actually, if you looked in the second half when they did go down to ten men, um, was it Toby uh, Toby Savin was their keeper. Um, I like to call him Toby Savin because he's the goalkeeper. Savin, that yeah, so much better. Yeah. That was his yeah. name, yeah. <laughs> that's true. Well, it might well be. Who knows? But um, he uh, he had to come for a ball, and he wiped out. Um, himself as well as Jaden Stockley and and he came off worse but that's what you want your keeper to do you want to you want him to 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 almost um run over people in in an effort to get to the ball and it didn't seem like Craig um either wanted to or was able to do it because I mean how many times was the ball in the air and he's almost rooted to the spot waiting to or hoping that um from a set piece maybe Stockley or, or somebody else Lavelle or Pierce would get their head to it and clear it and Claire did a couple of times but in, for that equaliser, it, it was almost like he just watched it bouncing around. It's almost like you know you're, you're watching a ping ball coming down towards you, um, and then you realise you should have your hand on your flippers. <laughs> By the time you realised you should have his hand on the flippers, the uh, the ball's in the back of the net. Mm. And, and the second goal, um, it's unusual to see a goalkeeper beaten by that far from that far out and not and not get that close to it. I mean, again, I think Sam Lavelle will feel he could have he could have done better before allowing Tommy Lee to cut in, but. Yeah, there were two. There were at least two parts of that goal that I felt we could have done better with. Yeah, and I, I mean, I haven't watched it back, but from memory, from memory of the goal as it happened, um, I think he got his hand to it, um, Craig, but uh, not enough to keep it out. But as you, you rightly say, Lavelle allowed him to cut inside, and now if he's right-footed, you know, you've got to show him out. You've got to show him outside. I mean, how many times have we done that this season as well, by the way? Um, but it's not just Sam Lavelle. I mean, if, if you look around, from memory this is, because I haven't seen the replay, but I'm pretty sure there were two or three players just walking back towards where, um, uh, who was it that scored the goal? Was it um, uh, Tommy Lee? I think it was Tommy the Lee, one that yeah, got the Tommy goal. Lee yeah. with the second, yeah. Um, they were just walking back. So Sam Lavelle, yes, all right, you should have showed him on the outside. But um, when we had a player on the ball, they were surrounding us. It wasn't just one player who was in front of uh, in front of the Charlton player on the football. There were two or three hounding hounding us in possession. And that was even when we when they went down to 10 men. We didn't do that yesterday. We just didn't. Um, or not not for, for enough, at least. And for that goal especially. Um, just gave him, I think I said it on comms, freedom of the city, just to cut inside uh, and, uh, and unleash a shot now. From that distance, you'd, you'd think your goalkeeper should get it, but you've got to give some credit to, to Lee for the shot and uh, maybe put it in just the right place that uh, Craig uh, McGillivray couldn't get to it. Who knows? But, um, yeah, I mean, two very poor goals. But then it summed up the, the performance, really. It's, um, two, it was a bad performance. So the goals reflected that. I don't know if you uh, you saw my stat on Twitter after the game, but the, the Who Scored website's very good in that you can create a timeline of the game in order to see the stats from that certain timeline. So I, I, I created one from the moment that, that Tommy Lee was sent off for, for the red card for the elbow on Sean Clare. From then on in, we, we had 70% of the ball. And I think, I, I can't remember if overall we maybe, we edged possession, but that, that part of the game, we had 70% of the ball. Uh, and there was only one more shot, a legitimate shot, obviously, because Connor's goal was ruled out uh, in, in that in that half an hour. And it weren't us who had it. <laughs> like, that summed <laughs> us up when we were we were trying to play our way back into it. We never, we never looked like getting back into it. And uh, the concern is that... We needed players back, but we're starting to get those players back now, and we're not we're not a goal for it. Yeah, I think it's it's a bit more than that. I mean, uh, I think Johnny Jackson mentioned it afterwards. I was listening to to his post match, and um, it's 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 a similar tale to to ones he's he's done before, except maybe for Sunderland, where you know you need characters, you need uh, you need players to dig in, and we just don't seem to to be able to do that on a consistent enough basis. Uh, I mean, you. you Last night's an example, but so so's Hartlepool on a on a cold Tuesday night. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's it, you, you hark back at sides before where we've been successful and going to places like Hartlepool or Accrington Stanley on a on a cold, wet, miserable afternoon or evening is when you uh, you have you want your players to step up and show that uh, they're capable of performing in that environment as well as in a lovely environment at the Stadium of Light or at the Valley or. You know, other other big grounds. The, it, those are the those are the grounds you need to go to and put in performances in to to warrant uh, being near the top of the table. And, and sadly, on too many occasions, we haven't shown it. Mm, yeah, was it twenty five points off the playoffs now? <laughs> that, yeah, I think that's that probably a stretch too far. I mean, I, yeah. I, the last time the last time I was on here, uh, I tried to think was it with Mark, and uh, I I said um, you know I was still quite positive. I, I mean, all right, it's a while ago now, but I'm still quite upbeat, even though everybody else said our oh, playoffs have gone. 
um, I was still, well, no, no, you know, there's still points to play for and, and never say never. Football's about uh, being positive and, and expecting the unexpected. Well, um, yeah, that's um, that's mm. come a bit me in the backside, isn't it? Yeah, no no, no longer unexpected uh, can, can be expected, unfortunately. When I was doing my intro yesterday on uh, on, on Radio London, I actually, I, I think I mentioned how far, I think at the, at the time it was 22 points away from the playoffs. And I remember thinking to myself, like, like when they're speaking about Brentford, they aren't saying how far off winning the league they are. Or maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe I really shouldn't be getting involved in this conversation uh, in, anymore. But um, the, the the manner of the performance is obviously one thing, and we'll hear from Johnny shortly. But this team needs something to change now, and obviously the formation has been something that a lot of fans have mentioned. But it, whatever it is, to to give a, a short sharp shock to shake them out of this form that they're into and if it, it doesn't seem to be personnel because changes have been made recently in terms of personnel so what else is there what what, what other than trying something slightly different just just to see if that gets a reaction I think you found wasn't it, Nigel Atkins did pretty much the same thing he was uh, I don't think we had the same side two weeks in a row because um, he was struggling to find a, a, a formula that worked and he didn't uh, this season, I mean, especially, but, and um, yeah, Johnny Jackson could probably uh, end up doing the same thing towards the end of the season. And, you know, we've got a sort of hope that, and this sounds terrible, of course, that we limp home, that we, we manage to get enough points just to get to a point where we don't have to worry about anything underneath us and then press the reset button. Now we've heard that before, of course, but I think judging by his comments yesterday uh, and to a lesser extent after Sunderland, I think he, he knows now, uh, more than ever, that um, that maybe the squad he's got uh, hasn't got the required character, required um, ability is not the right word. I don't think because I don't doubt that the, the players have got the ability. Because he went on that, we went on that ga- um, winning streak when he was um, caretaker manager that showed that they do have the ability because we put in some really good performances during that period. So it's not about that; it's about something else, uh, and maybe that's what he's finding out now, the hard way, of course. And uh, and everybody's making um, comparisons to Chris Powell's first stint, or not first stint, but first um, half season or remainder of the season at Charlton, uh, before then um, absolutely ripping up the sheet and starting again. Uh, and then we won promotion the following season. Now, we've got to hope that that's the type of thing we're able to do and Johnny's able to do because um, I think that's what it needs. Mm, yeah, because, I mean, how many how many signings was it that summer? 17, 18, something 18, like that? 18 rings yeah. a bell, yeah. And, and most of them done before pre-season. But don't, I mean, don't forget, Thomas said he reckons between two and five this summer. I mean, that that yeah, that, well, that, that will that will get alarm bells ringing when, especially <laughs> if it's two. If we only sign well, two players <laughs> after after a performance like Sunderland, then maybe that's what you think. You know, you'd say, well, you know, they all put in good shifts, and he played really well that day. So maybe he's uh, he's going to be okay next season. But then when you see a performance like yesterday, and you start thinking, well, and not just yesterday. I mean, this is a combination of of a number of performances. Um, both prior to Johnny Jackson taking over and since, that haven't been good enough. And so it's not a question of whether you can do it once every two months or once every three weeks or once every uh, even once every second week. You've got to do it week in, week out, on a Saturday, then a Tuesday, then a Saturday again. It's, um, it's how and if you can do that. And I'm not sure, and I think Johnny Jackson's beginning to realise, that um, we've got a squad capable of doing that. Or certainly, yeah. they haven't proved it yet. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, he's pulling his hair out whenever we speak to him. Uh, obviously, we'll, we'll play the interview in a minute because it was it was quite an interesting interview with Jacko yesterday. I pushed him on a, on a couple of bits. Um, I know a lot of fans have been asking about Niall John and Juan Castillo, who've not featured as well. So I do ask Johnny about that if if you're interested. Um, I was looking up stats. So Castillo came on at Wigan for a few minutes. I think he came on at um, Hartlepool for two minutes. He started the Milton Keynes game. So there's sort of one start and two sub appearances for him, uh, and uh, Niall John's been on the bench um, four times and never never actually played a minute. So I mean that, that's one of the things that that fans have been confused about. There, there are there was a positive yesterday. Connor Washington back on the pitch and took his uh, non goal very nicely. I, um, I, uh, I I had absolutely no idea it'd been ruled out again, so I was going mental. <laughs> yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, got some stick from the those two, the very nice women in front of us, uh, but they were they were they were a bit cheeky, weren't they? When when that equaliser oh, got, got, got ruled out. I, yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, but uh, I love there was a comment from uh, the lady to your um, to your right, my immediate left, um, when <laughs> there was a, a, a 
when they were down to 10 men, I think it was, uh, and bearing in mind what had gone on before, uh, there was a lovely quote from that lady where she said, uh, "Come on, Accrington, let's let's play this on the floor." Which was, um, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you got the irony in that statement, but so maybe it was her first time watching them or something. But... <laughs> I did wonder, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine she was the the woman as well who gave me some. So I sneezed, I, I sneezed a couple of times during the second half, and she turned around and gave me some tissues very kindly. And then at full time, she asked me if I wanted some more to for, for the way home, and I think she was indicating I'm going to be crying because we crying. Lost. Well, that's <laughs> fair to be honest, and bless yeah. her for doing that. But uh, yeah. uh, I hope you didn't point out that she needed them for the back of her head. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, she was funny. Um, yeah, so uh, the, the goal that got ruled out for Connor, I mean, it's I don't if you haven't, it's almost impossible to tell. And, and actually, looking back, I don't think it was even on the highlights. So. Um, any ideas if it was handball well, from where you were? I mean, we had another handball shout turned down, didn't we? Connor got booked for his uh, protestations about it. Um, I don't think he was. Uh, I don't think he was very kind to the uh, the official uh, on the, that was running the line on our right hand side. Um, he was convinced it wasn't. Um, it's. Uh, it's. I've watched. I remember watching the replay immediately afterwards and thinking. It's uh, it's impossible to tell from the camera angle we were looking at. It is impossible to tell. So you've got to trust that that um, that assistant down there, who was looking straight at it, must have seen it. But um, yeah, it was. I mean, I went mental because uh, it seemed like a get out of jail free card that we just played and, and yeah. got away with it, got away with it because yeah. we wouldn't have deserved the equaliser and we didn't deserve the equaliser. So if we'd have got it, then it would have been you know we'd have been able to, we'd have had to sneak out of there with um, with sheepish uh, sheepish look on our face. Uh, he, he took it well and we did. It, you know, we did actually play better when he came on, and I think that's a key. I think hopefully to going forward, because when Connor and Jaden play together, we tend to play better. Yeah, I did. Uh, I did be- the stat for you yesterday. So it was the last six games. At least one of them scored. This is games where they've both started. At least one of them scored in the last six, and out of the eleven times they've both started in League and Cup this season, nine of them, at least one of them scored, and we're unbeaten in those last six as well. But that last one where they both started was I think the Cambridge game in sort of early mid December and that sums up our problems at the moment we don't have our play we, we haven't had our players uh, although as I say now they're sort of coming back we're not getting any better really so maybe it doesn't sum up our problems no but there's there's a way we play and I think um, balls into 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 the channels is one of them we we very rarely turn to defenses and, and we didn't yesterday even when they were down at 10 and there was the opportunities there was one particular glaring opportunity where Jonathan Lico was on the right hand side and for the first time since the sending off we had the opportunity where if we'd have run into the channel there was a ball through I think it was Gunter who had the ball uh, might have been Claire actually thinking about it um, ball in behind there was space to do it and he just didn't run he wanted it to feet so as he can do that little jinky thing that he likes to do but the game didn't call for that because as soon as you uh, play, as soon as we played a pass they were all over us and we had that one opportunity to, to go in behind and we didn't take it. And I, I'm mentioning that one, but there were others. Connor Washington does that and uh, and he's also a lot more mobile anyway. <clears throat> so he gives us a, a different outlet and a different way of doing it. Mason Burstow does it to a, to a certain extent, but Connor's just obviously he's more experienced and he's cuter at it. Uh, and times is run better. How many times did Jonathan Lico get called uh, for offside? Yesterday it was um, it was maddening, so I think just Connor Washington is better at it than than the other players we've got, and that helps Jaden Stockley because you don't want Jaden Stockley running into the channels. You want him in the in, in the edge of the six yard box to uh, to be on the end of it. So um, hopefully, and fingers crossed here, that um, Connor Washington can start as fit enough to start on Tuesday because um, yeah, I think we need him in the the way that we play. We need him. And I think it's, I know people are talking about formations and, and setting up differently. I'm not sure that would make a lot of difference. I think the way we play and the way we're obviously uh, trained to play needs Connor Washington in the side. Hmm. Uh, well, hopefully you can make a difference over the next few weeks. Well, let's hear what Johnny Jackson then had to say uh, after yesterday's game. Uh, despondent uh, Johnny Jackson, I spoke to him and asked him uh, for his views on the performance up at Aquinas. Disappointing. Um, no surprises from from them the way they set up and, and what they try and do and how they try and hurt you we worked on it all week and I don't think they disappointed and we um, we didn't stand up to it in, in, in key moments uh, in our penalty box we didn't we didn't stand up to it so obviously coming away with nothing after starting so well getting getting in front is, is disappointing concerning now I think this is you know we're starting to see players come back but a performance like today you, I think you would have expected a lot, a lot more from your side yeah players need to start stepping up now um, we are getting players back, um, but the ones that are given the shirt, they've got to do more. 
got to do more. It's personal responsibility. You know, the goals that we're conceding are the same goals. And we address them, we talk about them, and we work on it and we practice it. Yet, you know, when you go over that white line and you're given a, a job to do, you have to do it. You have to do it, and that has to come from within. Um, I don't think that they're showing any, anywhere near their levels uh, of ability at the minute. And, uh, you know, if they're, if they're not going to step up, obviously I've got, a, I've got a lot of decisions to make now about the future and how I'm going to rebuild the, this team and what we're going to do going forward. And I need to be ruthless in, in, in those decision-makings. And I'll find out a lot about the players in the next few games, coming weeks, to see who wants to be a part of that. And, and yeah, if, if you don't step up, you'll, you'll be moved aside and, and you won't be part of it. Why aren't they giving you as much as they did at the start of your, of your caretaker reign? Why is it different now? It's a good question. Uh, I don't, it's, it's, I don't think it's a lack of effort. They're, they're giving me that. It's just um, perhaps a confidence thing with the run of the results. Um, it's, it's difficult to know. It's difficult to get in their heads. But obviously, you know, the level of form in, in, in individual players... Um, isn't where it was. I don't think it's not a lack of effort, but obviously it's 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 a clear lack of form. I mean, you talked about similar goals have been conceded. I mean, there, there was there's a couple of moments today where I just wonder if um, you know, from balls coming into the air at the moment, you, is your goalkeeper commanding his six yard box enough? I don't think he is. No, um, the the first goals it's ridiculous to be honest. Like, there's so many opportunities to to be able to clear the ball. Um, defenders and the goalkeeper who's, who's obviously a part of that and you know you have to you have to stand you have to stand up and, and, and come and help your teammates out at times and relieve pressure and uh, we're not doing it It's a massive game now coming up with Gillingham obviously with them sitting seven points behind us in, in the relegation zone it's a big I don't know is it a shake up you need what is it that you need to change the tune from, from what they've given you between now and then well, yeah, like the reality of the situation, you know, it's a, it's a big game, isn't it? It's a big game. Uh, obviously, back at home, which is nice. Um, we have had a tough run of, run of fixtures, and you know, you're looking at the next few to, at ones that we have to pick points up in. Uh, no, no games are a gimme. Um, teams fighting for their lives, but you know, we have to step up. And uh, you know, when they step out on that pitch Tuesday night, whoever's selected, they need to show the supporters that they're that they're fighting. Um, and they'll get behind them if they do that, but obviously, we, you know, they're not going to accept anything less. So it's important that, that we're that we're right at it Tuesday um, with a good opportunity at home to um, get our first win in a while. It is good news we managed to get Connor back on the pitch today, and obviously had that, that late goal disallowed. I don't know if you had a view on, on what it was disallowed for. Well, it was disallowed for handball, but I don't know if it was. I couldn't obviously I couldn't see from where I was. Connor says it sort of hit his like arm shoulder top of top of his top of his arm shoulder so that is the case uh, that's not handball but obviously it didn't go away but yeah nice to have him back um you know you obviously you, we know what he's good at he carries a threat and we have to uh we have to try and play, play to his strengths more no Niall John or Juan Castillo in the in in the squad today I know Niall travels I saw him here but I mean in general so you, you're hoping to get players into the building who are going to Bring, boost up your squad. They needed a bit of a of a lift. Obviously, you got Scott and, and you got the likes of Chucks coming in. But I mean, those are two loanees who've hardly featured. Why why haven't they featured since coming to the club so much? I've got I've got players in in those positions that, that uh, at the moment they're in front of them. You know, um, obviously, I'm judging every day on what what I see uh, in training. Um, there have been opportunities. Niall's been unlucky because he's, he's not had a lot of opportunity. Uh, Juan's had a, had a couple of opportunities that didn't really take. Um, Niall can count himself unlucky um, that, that he's not had opportunities. And I, work, I have been looking to try and get him on the pitch at certain times, but the nature of the games and state of play and having to make early substitutions in certain games has, has stopped me being able to do that. Um, today, obviously, we had Connor back which meant that, that uh, and Sean Clare coming back in which meant that, that obviously two had to 
two from the previous squad had to miss out. So it's just it was just down to you know, my team selection. Just finally, I mean, when when the team were going off there by by the away fans, I mean, it was quite reminiscent of. And I can't remember if you played in the game, but where at Dagenham, when, when Chris Powell was the manager, where the the, the away end was right on top of the tunnel, we were all in there, and it, it was quite a frosty reception. I mean, that was probably the lowest point of Chris Powell's managerial career. Are you hoping that this is sort of like the the bottoming out process for you, where you can start to rebuild now, and and, and maybe a wake up call for some of the players as well. Yeah, I mean that's that's the reception you're going to get, isn't it? When you know when you're not you're not um, doing the business. Um, that's what happens when you're on these difficult runs. Uh, supporters are going to voice their opinion. And it's you know, it's not nice, um, but they you know that, that that comes with the territory. Comes with playing for this club. You know expectations are high, and at the moment um, we're not meeting them. So yeah, hopefully you know hopefully it's it's you know it's quite reminiscent of that time. Obviously, Pali. Uh, he went through that that tough run there, and uh, you know used that summer to have a real rebuilding um, rebuilding job for the football club. And I think it'll be a similar story this this summer. Um, you know, we clearly need to have a shake up. Uh, we clearly need to, um, to to think about what we're going to do next season and who wants to be a part of it. And you know, I'm finding out a lot about um, players in this run. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. To his left is Gunter. Gunter with the cross. It's a search across. Jarasini! That's a lovely header for Delaney Jarasini. A searching cross from Chris Gunter. Jarasini beats McFadden to the ball against Chamberlain. Yeah, and we talk about this week in, week out, about players anticipating coming in from the far side, getting inside the fullback, spotting that cross early, making the run, anticipate, get across your man and meet it well. I mean, it's a very brave header from Jaya Seaman. Charlton Live. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. I hope you guys are enjoying the show. Just before the break there, we heard from the Addicts boss, uh, Johnny Jackson, after after yesterday's defeat uh, at Accrington. Again, I mean, he's calling for the players to, to step up now, Terry. And of course, he, he'd like to see... You know, he, he, he's talking about this rebuild. I asked him, I asked him about that 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 moment at full time, and you already mentioned it. We're all sort of reminiscing, if if, if that's the right word, about the uh, situation away at Dagenham and Redbridge back in 2011 under Chris Powell, where Jacko didn't actually play in that game. I did look it up after I, I asked him the question. He wasn't in the squad that day, um, but he was uh, he was part of the club that day, so he would have known how poor things were at that moment. And obviously, that game in the away end at Dagenham, you're all on top of the of the tunnel, and the the players had to walk through the away fans, and they got what for. Uh, and it was very similar yesterday. They were next to the the the, the, the away fans, the the tunnel right next to it. And, and again, they, they they gave the players a piece of their mind, and rightly so. And and um, I asked Johnny. I don't know about about the similarities between then and now, but I guess the the difference between then and now is that we weren't in danger of getting sucked into the relegation battle, whereas we are very much at the moment. Yeah, you're right, and um, and there are comparisons to be drawn, but that they'll only that they'll only really be comparisons if we do the same thing, and uh, and Johnny's able to do the same thing, and um, and rip rip up as I said before, rip up the script and start again. Now he might be able to do that. I mean, we talk, you mentioned before about. Um, Thomas Sangar saying that uh, we're looking at five or six players. 
uh, he may be able to do it with you know a fair amount of the existing squad. Um, ripping up the uh, the script and starting again may include just making sure the players do what they're supposed to do week in week out, and maybe that needs a pre season with them. Um, I don't know. Maybe he, um, Johnny Jackson thinks that he can he can do that with the existing squad. Time will tell, of course. Um, but uh, it's um, it's certainly uh, it's certainly a job he's got on because um, you know we. Uh, you, we will have the same thing next season if we don't. I think that's that's the worry, that mm. uh, if we don't rip it up and start again, then we're just going to get more of the same. And um, Whereas if we get five or six pl- good players in, we may not um, struggle towards the bottom end of the table, but then are we going to threaten the top? That's the that's the issue. Yeah, and, is, it, um, <clears throat> is it anywhere near enough? Uh, exactly. I mean, and, and as for the fans giving it to the players, well, look, when you've done, when you're doing a 500-mile round trip, to uh, the frozen north, uh, then you're entitled to vent your spleen a bit because, um, especially when you know the team puts in a performance like that, because you know it's just. Um, and look, there's some genuinely nice people in that football squad, and there are some genuinely good players in that football squad, but they've got to expect that when they put in a performance like that, they're going to get it in the neck, and uh, and that's part of being a professional footballer. And I don't mean you know personal abuse aside, I don't mean personal abuse. I mean you know getting it in the neck in terms of that wasn't good enough. Yeah, and they, they certainly did yesterday. Uh, and, well, I can't say I blame anyone who, who went up there. Um, I should have a word on, on the people of Accrington. Very welcoming, weren't they? And uh, the club that's going places, it's funny, we were saying to someone on the way out, like, everything about that place is really nice until you start playing football and, and they try and elbow <laughs> you in the face. Yeah, it's um, the, the people are lovely. And I was mentioning this, funnily enough, um, both yesterday and, and a previous match we've been to, is that when we first came down to League One, you know, going to places like Accrington and Lincoln and Crewe, and they're, they're very welcoming pe- uh, places uh, and uh, very nice people. Uh, but I'm bored with it now. <laughs> I've had enough. I want to I want to go to places where they're less welcoming, maybe a little bit more miserable, uh, but we're um, slightly higher up in the league mm, or in the, yeah. uh, in the leagues, I should say. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully indeed. Right, let's have a look at some of the messages that have come in. Plenty of people have had their say. They've emailed a studio at charltonlive.co.uk or tweeted uh, at charltonlive. After yesterday's game, Richard says uh, it was uh, the Accrington defeat that did for Nigel earlier on in the season. Uh, so what's so different now after one point in 21? But winners responded uh, to him saying constantly changing managers is no use if the players aren't up to it. Uh, Richard's saying, well, who, who chooses the players? Uh, I'm not in favour of sackings at mid-season. Nigel had to go. It's JJ's status that stops me now. Lose Tuesday and League Two looms. I mean, with, with Jacko, I mean, I've, I really want to get to the summer and, and to see what he can achieve and see if he can do the power thing. Otherwise, I'll feel this hasn't really run its course, this situation. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think it's fair on, on Jack, uh, Johnny Jackson as well because he's inherited this squad, albeit bar a few uh, loan signings and... Um, and Chuck Sonico coming back, there it's, it's he's inherited it. So it's um, you've got to give him the summer, uh, the signings that um, he may want, the time that he wants, uh, the time pre-season before a, before a launching a league campaign. He's he should be allowed that, and I think he deserves to be allowed that. And so uh, yeah, I, I mentioned it before about limping towards the end of this season. Um, hopefully we'll do that and get uh, you know won't won't get sucked into any problems lower down the the league. And uh, give him the time to do it, because then he will be judged, and and, and he knows that. And I think um, every, look, I don't think there is a a supporter of Charlton Athletic that doesn't want Johnny Jackson to succeed. I'm pretty sure, if you had a straw poll, every single fan will want Johnny Jackson to succeed. So let him have the time to do that. But you know, if we go into next season, as I mentioned earlier, if we go into next season, it's more of the same. Then um, I, I'm sure Johnny Jackson will expect to uh, to be put under that pressure. Mm. Certainly right. Carl says, cold light of day. It's clear we're in a relegation fight. Lose two of the next three, uh, especially against Jules and AFC Wimbledon. And those teams are only four points behind us. Jacko needs to find a way uh, to get a win this week. Have a feeling uh, the atmosphere on Tuesday could become toxic. Right. Bob says, where do you, uh, where do we go from here? You ask. Well, first we need a different goalkeeper. Secondly, we need players playing in their correct positions thirdly uh, please can we have a proper 4-4-2 with wingers don't you uh, don't have uh, the players to play anything else I'm sticking uh, with Jacko though uh, until Christmas Robert says we're now looking over our shoulder at the teams below us 
who are now picking up points here and there. What on earth has happened since the initial Jacko surge in his early games in charge? Uh, we can go on about the formation, but ultimately we need the players to stand up and be counted. Who has got the balls to dive in, to block a shot, to run uh, their flaming socks off, uh, to hassle and close down at every opportunity? Because at the moment we ain't seeing it. Let's see who's hiding Tuesday. Because one thing uh, you can be sure of is that Gillingham will be uh, right up for it. I mean, that's a good point uh, by Robert there. And I, I asked I asked Jacko the question yesterday, and it... And he, he actually said, oh, that's a good question. It's a tough, as in, it's a tough question to ask. And it is. But why, why is it so different between now and then? Because I was then asked the same question myself when I went back on air. And I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't put my finger on it. Well, you can't, can you? And it's impossible to do that because um, you can't get in players' heads. I mean, I mentioned about Sunderland. You looked at Chris Gunter and you looked at Elliot Lee and Jason Pearce and, and, and pretty much everybody. They were throwing themselves in front of um, shots and uh, throwing themselves into tackles and and, uh, and competing. And then you go up to Accrington, and, and uh, I think, um, bar a few occasions, and I, I pick out Chris Gunter and Elliot Lee, because they did a bit of that yes, uh, yesterday afternoon, but not enough. And, and defending doesn't start just in your back three, by the way. It starts, especially when you're at Accrington. You know, everybody who's played football will know this. You know, if you've got a, a team that just uh, is going to lump it forward at every given opportunity then you try wherever possible to stop that as source. And we didn't. Almost it, almost never, actually, <laughs> yesterday. I don't, I don't remember really it happening often, certainly not often enough, obviously, where you know either the, the front two or the midfield five, if you like, um, stop those crosses coming in. How many times did Sykes, as soon as he got the ball, just launch it forward um, and, uh, and put us in trouble in both mm. halves? Yeah. And then when, when they were under pressure in that uh, second half, uh, well, I say pressure, when we had the ball and we, we threatened a little bit, they, they, they didn't care. I mean, how many, how many balls did we lose yesterday, by the way? I mean, there must have been at least on ball 10 by the time the end of the game came. <laughs> uh, because yeah. they were just launching the ball out of the stands and anywhere they could. Because it, it, no frills, just this is what we do and this is how we win. And that's what they did. Maybe that's and we didn't hold, stop it. Maybe that's what's holding Aquington back. Because they've been in League One for a number of years now. They're always sort of... Mid table, but I mean they are they are investing on on infrastructure. Every time we've been there, there's a, there's a new yeah. stand going up, and it's looking good. But also their ball budget. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, if they if they didn't have to do that, they could be in the they could be in the upper reaches by now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it'd be a scare. It's probably the biggest expense they've got is replacing yeah. footballs. Yeah. Uh, Andy, but... and, and Andy Holt's very very uh, good at managing his money as well. So. Yeah. Look, it's um, I mean, but you've got to remember for Accrington Stanley from where they've come from, you know, mid table in League One for them is is a huge success, and and yeah. and they should be applauded for that. By the way, not uh, not ridiculed. That's uh, no, no, you know, for them. Uh, yeah. It's 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 quality for that, and and every now and again they might flirt if they get uh, some decent players, and they might flirt with uh, with the playoffs or even promotion, and mm. um, that may happen. But you know, they're they're, they're cutting the cloth accordingly, and you the thing is, we expect to be better than that. And, uh, and rightly so. And we expect um, a, a level of performance that matches somebody like Accrington Stanley. And uh, 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 sadly, we're not getting it. Yeah, when, when Not getting it enough, anyway. Yeah. When me and Stubbers were sort of debriefing at the, the side of the pitch just after the game, uh, one of their fans came over and sort of like very, very nice shaking our hands and that and saying, if you told me when we're in the counties combined, North and League or whatever it's called... Uh, that we go on and do the double over a side like Charlton Athletic, I wouldn't have believed you. I said, well, if you'd asked me at the start of this season, I probably would have believed you, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, yeah you should have, asked us a, should have asked us a bit, a bit recent, more recently, yeah. then we probably would have got a different answer. Yeah, right. Teddy uh, tweets in, JJ is far too lenient with those players. It's like they're all just mates. I feel he has no authority over them. They played out their skins for him to get the job. And now I think they get an easy ride. I don't necessarily put the fault at JJ or Thomas uh, Sangar's door. Uh, but the player's attitude. Alan says, JJ keeps saying, who wants to come on this promotion journey next season? It's been pretty clear that other than a small handful of players, uh, the rest uh, we don't want to see in a Charlton shirt again. I've never felt like that before uh, in over 30 years, but that's how I feel about this group of players. Stuart says, hi guys, I like the theory of a 3-5-2, but we don't have the quality to play it well. Unfortunately, we're a lower third division squad, uh, third division team, and the worst squad I've seen since Andy Nelson was in charge. I'm fearing uh, the worst against Gillingham. Fred said, Jules must be rubbing their hands for Tuesday night. It was another car crash of performance. Uh, no desire and certainly a lack of... Uh, uh, well, he's, he's put a lack of and then he hasn't put what they're lacking. So but I, I'm sure we can feel the gaps there. Johnny says, honestly, no words. We seem to hear the same response after uh, every game about working on the mistakes and going again. But the next game come around and it's exactly the same. The rock continues. We have a six-pointer 
on Tuesday. Who thought we'd be saying that in terms of a relegation battle? And then he says, uh, and then sorry, Tom says, last week I said 50 points is still the aim. I fear if we lose on Tuesday, then Jacko will have to go six defeats in seven and just above the drop zone uh, when we finished outside the playoffs on goal difference last year is unacceptable. Cooper says, I think this group of players have shown their worth as one of the worst Charlton teams in history for effort and quality. Mix that with a continuous forcing of poor formations and players in the wrong position. Jackson now almost as much to blame uh, with the poor decision-making and set-up. Steven says it's a shambles uh, from top to bottom. Mitch says, I've no idea how you can work up the motivation to talk about st- the Stanley mess uh, and no words worth repeating about. So here's a picture of my dog, Freddie, instead. Oh, it's a lovely picture. Uh, I'll retweet that for everyone to, to enjoy. Rachel says, I know this will be unpopular, uh, but can we put some respect on Chris Gunter's name, please? Uh, last four games, he's made blocks on the line to save us and Big Mac from further uh, concessions. He rarely gets to play in uh, his position uh, when he's selected. Uh, but he never makes an excuse. Uh, Muzza says, I've seen a lot of Jacko outposts on social media. Have we learned nothing? Sacked various club legends uh, in the past. Seed, uh, Fermoni, Powell, etc. When the real issue has been poor player recruitment and dire club ownership, Jacko needs to build his own squad and not be judged uh, by this motley shower. And then finally, David said, the lack of fight in the side. Uh, Peter Shirtliff nailed it on commentary. There's no aggression or challenge in midfield or at the back. So many soft goals and the back three are being uh, exploited. Right, let's hear from some supporters as well, our fans bar feature after the game yesterday when I trudged back to Accrington Station and bumped into a couple of Charlton fans there, so I asked them for their thoughts on the performance up at the Wham Stadium yesterday. Uh, we started off well the first 10 minutes, I thought, um, but then, yeah, we just disappeared again, and there was nothing, there was absolutely nothing for the whole game yeah it was just really bad uh, yeah I mean Washington came back and he, he tried he worked his socks off like um, my dad said Elliot Lee worked his socks off um, but other than that there was nothing there was there just seems to be something wrong maybe not with the team maybe just underneath it all there's, there's just something not right very very poor um, players don't care you know if he wasn't a Charlton legend in charge then the fans would be calling for his head you know, um, the fans, all the fans want is a bit of passion, a bit of fight, and we're not getting that. Five for, um, three, five, two is not working. Maybe it's changed for four, four, two. Midfield is very inept. No goals, no creativity. Stockley tries his heart out, no support. What else can I say? That was awful. That was that was worse than Sunday. We said it was Sunday League football, washing the game, but that was worse. That was worse than Sunday League football. That was awful. Um, the keeper could have probably punched it out three times and he didn't even come out once, I don't think. So, yeah, it was very poor. They could have gone down to eight, we would have noticed. I'm not joking, they could have gone down to eight. We had no creativity, there was absolutely no desire, there was no passion, no, no forward thinking, nothing. Um, you bring three on up front, who's going to give them the ball? All we done was pass it along the back and then lump it. They had Neanderthals in defence and stopped me tried his hardest. But, you know, at the end of the day, you need to get the ball on the floor, play round. Chilling and winning today now, if they win Tuesday, we're in big trouble. We are in big trouble, I think. Look, I love Jacko. Jack, I love Jacko as a player. I loved him as a manager for the first nine games. Um, but I don't think it's his fault. The team, I don't think it, it doesn't blend. The team don't work together. There's something going on that maybe us fans don't know. But... I just don't think there's something not right. And I don't think that's Jackson's fault. Maybe he's not picking the right formation, but with the players, I don't think they give their all. I don't, there's, there's, like you said, there's two or three players that will try. But I think that we will we'll stay up because the teams below us are that poor. I think if there was 15 games to go off, then I think we were in serious trouble. But I think with the points difference at the moment, I don't think they'll they're, um, catch us. I think also with us playing Gillingham, Morecambe, Doncaster, Fleetwood at home, I think we'll just get enough points to stay up. There's massive work. We've got 15 players out of contract and loan signings. You know, out of those 15, who do we really want to keep? You know, um, I, I think the whole the whole club needs to have a look at Sandgard from from the top.
thanks to those of you who I spoke to at the station uh, yesterday. Uh, yeah, some, some some pretty good ones there uh, from Gary and Sean. I uh, hope you guys all got back uh, back home safely. Right, let's, we've got a couple of emails uh, as well. Let's have a, a quick look at uh, McSquared said, Aquington Stanley, who are they? Uh, aside that have made us look like a bunch of mugs twice in one season. That's who, exactly. <laughs> yeah, again, not, not as catchy as the original catchphrase. Uh, yeah, again, we defended poorly, uh, passed terribly, created very few chances, lacked urgency, were beaten to the ball far too easily and never looked like scoring, even after Accrington went down to 10 men. Even the penalty we were awarded was extremely soft. Uh, so Accrington were extremely unfortunate to be behind in the first place. Yeah, we haven't really, I don't think we've even mentioned that, have we? The penalty that we actually got, the handball against Boyle, was it? I mean, I had not, yeah. I generally thought the, the, the referee had seen an offside or something. I didn't realise there was any potential for a handball. Well, it was Liam Coyle, and I, when it first happened, we all thought he was given the handball against Elliot Lee, not the other way around. Because yeah. um, it looked, oh, well, it didn't just look, it was, it was so soft, it was unreal. Yeah. And uh, it, it, it we, we took it, of course, and we'll, you know, in that, it was just at the end of that five minute spell or in the middle of the five minute spell where we were actually playing quite well. And uh, you're thinking, uh, sorry, um, sorry, we had the five minute spell and it came in that, sorry, in a 15 minute period when they were beginning to put us on the back foot and, and launching balls up front. And then so when we got it, I think it was after 17 or 18 minutes, the, the penalty, it was like, wow, how's that happened? And uh, let's make the most of it. You know, we've uh, we've had our backs uh, to the wall for for the last quarter of an hour and we've uh, we've just been given this, mm. this softest of all penalties. Um, maybe we can kick on from here. And then we didn't, obviously. We did not. Uh, McSquared says, uh, carries on. Lecco was a complete waste of space up front again. Uh, Jaisimi didn't do a thing after he entered the fray. Every time the ball was punted into our area, we looked like conceding. Accrington's work rate and determination uh, totally embarrassed us and our performance was totally unacceptable. We thought we had managed to stop the rot against Sunderland, but perhaps all we really did was slow its growth a little. Something is extremely rotten in the state of SC7. Drastic action is needed. Far too many of our players aren't giving anywhere near 100%, and that is a disgrace, whatever the result. That's from uh, McSquared. Thank you uh, for that. Tom says, uh, morning, gents. Nice and short. Players aren't good enough. They don't play for the shirt. Stick the kids in. Uh, mass clear out in April. Get rid of 90% of them. It cost me £200 yesterday, and they can't even perform for 90 minutes. Didn't even look like they cared as they passed us walking down the makeshift tunnel. Uh, as for Jacko, Yule and Skiverton, sadly, I think it may be time for them to go as well, uh, and it pains me to say it. That's from... Uh, Cabby, cheers for that. Cabby, Phil says, uh, another week, another poor performance. The saga continues. I don't know if it's just me, but I felt since JJ pushed uh, for and secured the services of Skiverton, the defensive performances have been even more pathetic than prior to his arrival. We're certainly conceding more goals. Uh, it appears from sitting a few roles uh, behind the dugout that he has the most influence and involvement, and maybe JJ is a little in awe of his experience, uh, just allowing him to do his own thing. Uh, too much. I mean, it, uh, before I read the rest of Phil's email, tell. I mean, uh, I've, I've seen Terry's name mentioned by a couple of fans. I mean, it, I, I always think that people, I don't know, place too much pressure. Like that, they they look at the coincidence of what happened since he's come in and, and say it must be his fault. Because don't forget, when he came, we won our first three games after he came in, and and, they, and people were genuinely saying, "Oh, he's been an excellent influence." Maybe we're overstating, or or, or am I? Am I under-egging how much influence he has? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. But first of all, obviously, you can't have enough Terry's uh, football club. Um, I, th- I think that's uh, that's a gimme. I, I, think, but, well, um, I think we already had the best one possible. Uh, well, indeed. But <laughs> I think um, look, everybody's scrambling around for an understanding of why it's gone wrong. And so that's normal to be expected. And when we're going through the sort of run we're in, then there are going to be swipes at uh, every possible angle and an avenue and, and Terry's given is one of them so you know you've got to take them on the chin if you're if you're those those people under the, in the firing line uh, because people want to know why and um, you know you, there are so many probably different reasons for it uh, and there's an element of maybe a truth in all of it but you know you everybody's going to swipe at a reason as to why this is happening uh, and you just uh, just got to accept that and the only reason the only way that will stop is if um, if you reverse the trend mm. Uh, right, uh, Phil continued, uh, maybe a better option would be Scott Brown or Peter Shirtlift to work with the defence. They were both uh, good players for us and from the comments they make, uh, they understand exactly where our weaknesses are and what mistakes are being made. I think he meant Steve Brown. I was, uh, Steve I, Brown, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, or a uh, combination of Scott Minto and Steve Brown is probably yeah, what he's getting at. That's exactly what we need. I know I'm a big uh, J- uh, Jake Forster-Kasky fan, 
Uh, can't say enough how much we miss his battling vision and passing ability in the team. We never win or even compete uh, for the loose balls in midfield, and I'm sure uh, that the players are better than they're showing week in, week out. I can't understand why Jake hasn't had any 23s minutes yet. I know he's due next week, isn't he, Tell you? Uh, yeah, he's, he's due to have a run out. Um, yeah, Tuesday, I think, I think Tuesday during the day. I think uh, it's yeah. an away game, so we can't uh, can't go and see him. But uh, yeah, he's going to get his first run out next week. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's uh, that's uh, lined up for next week. Uh, it says uh, have to pull out all the stops and get a win against Gillingham in midweek. Otherwise, we will be in a desperate situation. The only good thing is that those below us have played at least one more than us, except Fleetwood. Uh, they all have some tough fixtures coming up. Everything will be crossed for Tuesday night, praying for three points. Come on, you Reds, you know you can do it. And then Dominic says, it's been a sub-ideal season, hasn't it? That's, that's a nice way of putting it, Dominic. <laughs> uh, like if, that, yeah. yeah, if uh, Peter Varney had been appointed CEO or something, things would probably have been different. A good thing is that Sangard is clearly still fully committed. So hopefully next season goes a bit better. Sorry if that's all I've got to c- contribute, but I'm looking forward to the pod as always. That's from Dom. Cheers, Dom. That's a... Uh, more than enough as of a contribution. Thanks for that. And just a final message. This is from Al. Looking ahead to the game uh, with Gillingham. Says it's the biggest game of the season so far. If they can't get up for this one and show some fight, then we're in a worse position than I thought we ever were coming new addicts. Um, so Gillingham, I think I looked up. I think there's something like they've won four of their eight games since uh, since Neil Harris has taken over. I mean, more so away from home, but I always feel we struggle against Gillingham. Uh, I, I, they, they beat us at the Valley last year, to be fair, and a couple of years ago when Josh Parker scored, for their, obviously for them, not for us. Um, I, I am really concerned about this game because they will make it ugly and we don't deal with that very well. Yeah, especially with the new manager, obviously with his uh, Millwall connections, uh, they'll definitely be up for it, and and uh, they're they're trying to they're fighting for their lives uh, down. I think they're what they're I think they're on the same number of points as Wimbledon, um, fourth from bottom, but and Wimbledon fifth from bottom. So um, somebody mentioned earlier, this is a huge, really huge week when you, you know, consider we've got Gillingham, Burton, and Wimbledon, one after the other, and I think. Um, yeah, that's um, you need at least two wins out of those three, and it, obviously three would be great. But you've got to be able to beat, or at least not lose to Gillingham and Wimbledon um, to uh, to make sure that we aren't uh, we aren't in squeaky bum time. Mm. Uh, because losing, to the, you know, it's unthinkable that we don't pick up any points in the next three games because then we are in uh, in the dire straits if that does happen. Yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but a point off Gillingham and Wimbledon would would not be the end of the world because it would prevent them from catching up with us but well that's true me, of course yeah if we, if we if we make it 10 games without a win <laughs> then i don't think i don't think we'll be I, I won't be out celebrating the point with my top off like it, it, won't, it won't feel great i mean is what, what changes between now and tuesday for you washington start if he's fit enough to do so i think washington has to start even if you only get um you know 50 60 minutes out of him i think he has to start and then if um you know this is going to sound the, the way we're talking it sums up where we are actually because uh, you know if we can get our noses in front against Gillingham, goodness me uh, and washington um is uh, is a catalyst for for doing that then then we've got something to hold on to at least and uh, as i say that's mad that i'm actually talking like this but you know i'd prefer washington to start and uh, if he can alongside stockley um, after other than that, it's it's a tough one. I mean, we we tried a different thing yesterday. We tried to put Sean Clare a bit further forward and uh, and have Chris Gunderbeck, who, who I, and I agree with um, uh, one of the contributors. I can't remember her name. Beg your pardon. Who said Rachel, that um, yeah. Rachel was it? Yeah. Who, who said that? I think Chris Gunder's um, played quite well. And I, I tend to agree. Um, I'd still there's still a part of me. I'd still like to see three proper centre halves in the back three. You know, Famo didn't even make the trip yesterday. Um, I just like to see Famo. Obviously, Innes, but he's injured. But Famo, Lavelle, and Pitts as a, as a mid as a you know proper three centre halves, uh, and see if that works um, rather than shoehorning in right or left back or as in Sean Clare's case, a midfielder back there. Mm. But you might find Sean Clare might go back to being uh, a right sided centre half again on Tuesday. But we'll see. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it doesn't. Again, to a certain extent, it doesn't matter who who plays where. It'll, it'll all be about the attitude and the commitment to try and uh, get the win because Gillingham will be up for it. They'll be um, similar to Accrington, I guess, trying to exploit our weaknesses uh, by lumping balls up top. And we've got to be able to compete with it. And we've got to do what we did against Sunderland against Gillingham. Uh, and it's a different style because Sunderland don't tend to lump it forward. They tend to try and play through. And maybe that's our Achilles heel when we come up against sides that, uh, that just lump it forward. But... Um, we've got to be able to deal with it and we've, we've got to get something out of Tuesday. We just have to. 
Mm. And on that cheery note, we'll call it a day there. <laughs> let's uh, let's pray that we can get something off Gillingham uh, at the Valley. So uh, thanks to all of you uh, who've listened to this week's Charlton Live. Thanks to those of you who I spoke to at the station yesterday. Uh, and also, if you sent your messages in, massive thanks, of course, to Terry for joining me after such a long day yesterday. Cheers, Louis. I'd love Good. to say it's been a pleasure. <laughs> and it has, to be fair. No, it has. Yeah. It's been, a, it's been a chore, but there we go. Right, thanks for listening. I'm Louis Mendez. We'll see you again on Thursday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.